I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for TGIF, July 8th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Jay, you know what time it is? I don't. It is time for the FOD, the fact of the day. And we've got a big one for you today. It's, it's, do you, you're a Netflix watcher, I'm sure. Uh, I am a heavy Netflix watcher, yes. And have you ever watched Stranger Things? <laughs> Not yet. I feel bad because it, it will obviously, and we'll get to the fact of the day, but it feels like everyone's watched Stranger Things and I feel left out about it. So maybe I should start now, but I just feel like it's too far gone. But here's the thing I think we are unusual because. 1.15 billion hours is how much Netflix users have spent watching Stranger Things, just Stranger Things. Can you believe that? I don't believe that. I also don't know what to liken it to, but that seems like a lot of hours. And that's, by the way, and that's just for season four. That's that's more. That's It's now the second watched, second most watched season of television on Netflix, trilling only one that I think we both watched, Squid Games. It's a lot. So I guess we have no choice but to watch I, Stranger Things now. I feel like I have no choice. It can't be bad if people are watching that many hours, right? Well, yeah, and also people are now going to complain on Twitter that we don't watch Stranger Things. <laughs> How can we actually have a podcast if we don't watch is, Stranger Things? So, is there a TV show that you think you've watched a uh, significant, like, like more hours than the average person? Oh, I know there are. I know I've watched Seinfeld way more. Yeah, Cheer, Cheers way more, and The Office way more. And uh, The Office is one though that people have watched a lot of hours of. So I'm not even sure you'd be at the top. 10% of that. You know, I don't sleep well. And what I do in the middle of the night is watch The Office. Yeah. So. I, I think mine would be Entourage for better or for worse, likely for worse in this situation. But that is the show. Brett, aside from our either very common or uncommon viewing habits on Netflix, what do we have for Peak Pals today? Well, for our first story, construction companies, they're struggling to hire. For our second story, Russia is gearing up for a long fight. And for our last story, Amazon wants to modernize the shopping network, Jay. For our first story, Canada's construction sector is facing a serious labor crunch that's causing companies to turn down or cancel projects altogether, and it's threatening the long-term prospects of the entire industry. Somehow, I feel like this is connected to the housing crisis, Brett. Why is it so tough for the construction industry to hire people right now? So here's the thing. So uh, by the way, speaking of spoilers, you should have put a spoiler alert in front of that, but we'll get there, Jay. So look, job vacancies in Canada's construction sector have hit all-time highs with 81,500 open positions in the first quarter of 2022. That's a 7.1% increase since the end of 2021. And this has left developers, real estate developers, unable to keep up with increased demand for new buildings. Companies throughout the country have been forced to decline offers to build both residential and commercial spaces, and things are not going to get better anytime soon. That, according to BuildForce CEO Bill Ferreira, he told that to the Financial Post. But what's really troubling here is that these vacancies are not only projected to get worse, Canada needs 309,000 new construction workers over the next decade to keep the industry afloat as nearly a quarter on the workforce are nearing retirement. So congratulations to them, but it's our loss, Jay. It is. However, it seems that fewer people than ever are enticed by the idea of taking their lunch break while sitting on an iron beam high in the sky as registrations for apprenticeships and skilled trades fell to their lowest levels in a decade in 2019. This is a common theme we keep talking about on the podcast. Someone should do something about this, Jay. And, and, and look, like I said, Jay, we can't end this story without mentioning the housing crisis. Look, Canada needs 5.8 million new homes by 2030 to make housing affordable again. And that's according to the Canada Mortgage and Housing Corp. Now, that number is already a stretch and could be impossible if these labor shortages persist. 
And here's why all of our peak pals should care, Brett. Experts agree that the industry will have to adapt to attract new workers, like embracing new technology to make the work less physically demanding and increasing entry-level wages in order to recruit. For our second story, in a sign that Russia is hunkering down for a long fight in Ukraine, the government is shifting the economy to wartime footing. This is not the change that we want to hear, Jay, but how is Russia adjusting to their new, let's just call it an, a new aggressive normal? Yeah, it, wasn't, it was pretty aggressive before, but Russia has taken new steps to enforce wartime economy measures under two new laws that would allow the government to force businesses to supply goods to the military and make their employees work extra hours to meet the new demand. You know, we're no fans of Russia here on the Peak Daily Podcast, and I feel like it's one of the few countries that you can just openly beat up now, and deservedly so, Jay. And so I just want to get that out of the way. But both of these changes are meant to address a short-term increased need for the repair of weapons and military equipment and focus on businesses with existing defense contracts. Now, the bills have passed their first parliamentary reading, but both still need to pass second and third readings in the Duma, a legislative body, before becoming law. Yeah. I mean, here's something I do know about Russia is that those are going to pass. So the Financial Financial Times predicts that the unprecedented Western sanctions will take a heavy toll on Russia's economy as Ukraine's allies move to wean themselves off of Russian energy. That's a great point, Jay. It's not going to be a tight (laughs) vote. Look, so far, soaring prices for oil and gas have more than kind of offset the effect of Western sanctions on the Russian economy and provided the Kremlin with Surprisingly, and this is against all odds, a ton of cash. And Western governments are exploring a plan that would effectively cap the price of Russian oil well below what it's currently charging. But the untested proposal hasn't yet been implemented. All right, let's tie a bow on this story and tell the peak pals why they should care. Now, if these laws pass, they would effectively flip a switch and turn Russia's economy into, quote unquote, war mode. I don't like the sound of that, Jay, as the fighting in Ukraine persists, which signals the country is settling in for the long haul. And for our third and final story, for some, the shopping channel conjures up childhood memories of watching daytime TV while homesick with the flu. But for Amazon, it's the next big e-commerce business model. So, Brett, how is Amazon going to digitize the shopping channel? Well, Russia's going into war mode. I'm going right back into TV mode, Jay, and it's going to start with this live shopping. So, look, Amazon is betting big on Amazon Live, a live streaming shopping feature where influencers can sell products directly to the viewing audience and pocket commissions ranging from 2% to 20%, depending on the product per the Financial Times. And Peak Pals, I can't wait until Jay hosts his show selling beard products to the everyday man. Me taking notes. This year, the company has been hard at work attracting top influencers, but not me, by hosting glamorous recruiting events and offering bonuses worth thousands of dollars. I I don't even know what a beard product is, Jay, but I just presume that since you have a beard, you would know exactly what other people with beards need. I do indeed. Yeah. Okay. And so here's why this is all happening. So live stream shopping is doing monster numbers in China, China of all places, with sales projected to top $400 billion this year, 15% of all e-commerce sales in the country. Now, Amazon wants a piece and thinks it can drive more customers to click add to cart. And by the way, Jay, this is like a really interesting phenomena. There are influencers in China that spend hours and hours a day just pitching products and people watch it and buy it. It's fascinating. I'm having trouble thinking about a story I'm more excited about than this one. Yes, but getting Western shoppers to live stream shop is easier said than done. Just ask TikTok, which earlier this week abandoned a planned live shopping feature aimed at the US and European markets 
after a pilot failed to attract customers and influencers. You got to think if TikTok can't do it, no one can. I'm on that thing all the time. It could easily just throw on somebody selling stuff to me and maybe I'd, I'd consider watching. And, but, and look, it doesn't really matter who wins in this. Here's why you care as a peak pal. So with e-commerce sales falling from pandemic-driven highs, companies are looking for new ways to drive sales and customer loyalty. YouTube, eBay, and even more traditional retailers like Walmart have announced new or improved live shopping efforts. But as inflation continues upward, many people are looking to cut spending, which begs the questions, how much can consumers consume? How much wood would a wood chuck chuck if a consumer could chop wood? These are the unknown questions, Jay. I have no answer. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, I have a closing question for you. Yep. Are you upset that the prime minister of Britain is losing his job? Jay, you know my policy. I don't comment on foreign politics. <laughs> not, my, not my place. Not my place, Jay. At least not while we're recording. Brett, have a good day. You too, Jay.